really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. Thanks for joining me here today. I'm going to be talking about holding on versus letting go today, which is a topic that's on my mind because just this week I recorded an episode for my other podcast, End of Life University, on Swedish death cleaning. And in that podcast, I talked all about my plan for 2022 to go through every cabinet, cupboard, storage area in my house and really do this deep, intense death cleaning. And if you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to eolupodcast.com and look for episode number 333. And that's where you'll hear about Swedish death cleaning. But anyway, since I've been starting this project and already going through some closets and some cabinets and shelves, I have discovered the challenge of deciding when to hold on to things and when to let go. And that it really does take a lot of consideration for me in some instances to make that decision and to decide, is this something that I cherish enough that I should hold on to it, that I should continue to make a space for it in my home, that I should carry on putting my energy into it, like tending to it, caring for it, dusting it off and maintaining it in my home, or is it time to let go? I thought before I started that it would be pretty obvious to me what I need to let go of. In some cases, it is. There are, we have old laptop computers and old cell phones sitting around that we would never use again. There are some really obvious things that it's time to let go of. But ultimately, each time I, I start in a new area, I come down to a few items that have a lot of sentimental value to me. And then I go through that struggle. Do I keep it? Do I let it go? So it's been a good exercise, actually, because it forces me to find the balance there between holding on to enough things that have meaning to me that fill me with joy and pleasure, and also that maintain enough of the memories that that I wish to keep around me in the present moment, but also letting go of all of the clutter and all of the things that take my energy away from me, but don't really serve me. So it turns out this is a bigger task than I imagined in the beginning. And I'm enjoying it actually. And I think that it's going to be really good for me. I think it will lead to some growth for me because it's going to stretch my boundaries a little bit. I'm wondering, I might possibly give away some things that later on I wish I had kept. And if you've listened to lots and lots of my past stories and episodes, you will know um, there's still, there's a time when I gave away a box of things when I was moving that contained a clock that my grandfather and my mother had made for me that I didn't particularly care for, but there was so much love 
put into that clock. And I honestly didn't intend to give it away. It was in a box and I didn't realize it was there. And I gave the box to Goodwill and then later discovered the clock was gone. And I realized that's what had happened. And I've searched many different Goodwills and thrift stores just like on the off chance that somehow that clock would return to me or reappear. And it never has. So I have that slight pain in my heart from giving away something that was this beautiful handmade gift of love from my grandfather and my mom, both of whom are no longer physically on the planet. So because I have had that past experience, there actually was a time when I gave away something that hurt me. I'm wondering if that will happen again, and also wondering if I will discover a few months from now that I kept some things that I later come to realize I could have or should have given away. And of course, I'll just give them away then when I do realize that. But At any rate, I'm journaling about it and I'm monitoring this process as I'm going through it. So I think this is a really interesting discussion to talk about spiritually the difference energetically between holding on and letting go. That's what I'm processing right now in my life. And so I want to go back to a time when uh, this was very relevant to me after my father's death by suicide when I was struggling very much with my grief. And at that time, it felt to me like I was drowning in an ocean of grief and that tidal waves would wash over me again and again. Sometimes the water would feel calm and still, but other times it would be just tumultuous and raging. And in my own mind, I felt like I had certain lifelines, very thin threads, but they were lifelines for me that I would hold on to. And so my task every day in my mind was just keep holding on, just keep holding on to the lifelines. So no matter what was happening in this ocean of grief, There was something there that I could rely on every day, some little thing usually, not like a massive rope or a life raft or anything, but the smallest little threads every day that gave me something to cling to and hold on to. So during this time, I had a conversation. I was actually in a group of people, a circle of people, and I talked about my grief. I told the story then of when... I visited my dad's grave right after his funeral, and I was crying at his graveside, and there was a metal lark singing on the fence, on the barbed wire fence close to where his grave is located. And I cried and cried for a long time and didn't even recognize that the metal lark was there until I stopped for a moment And I could suddenly hear the song the meadowlark was singing. And then I realized it had been there the entire time. It had been like accompanying my tears in a way, singing to me the entire time I'd been there. And so I stopped and listened to the song of the meadowlark, which to me felt like the presence of my father. It felt like a message from my father. And In the melody and the rhythm of the bird's song, I heard the words, hold on, everything will be all right. Hold on, 
everything will be all right. And so that was one of my lifelines. And that was my guidance. And that is what supported me through much of those years of really deep grieving that I was doing that little song from the Meadowlark. So I was in a group with a number of women, I told that story. And I talked about how still I was just holding on every day, I was holding on and finding what I needed to hold on to. And a woman in the group turned to me and said, but maybe you actually need to let go. Maybe you don't need to hold on. Maybe you need to let go. And in that moment, those words from her did not resonate with me at all. That made no sense to me because in to my mind, letting go would mean to drown in the grief and this overwhelming sadness and sorrow. Um, letting go felt to me like I will die then. If I let go, I won't be here anymore. I'll die. Like holding on is the only thing that keeps me alive from one moment to the next. So those words from her did not ring true with me. And in fact, I just could not, I couldn't really grasp what she meant by that. How, what would I let go of? How would I let go? I didn't, I didn't understand what she was talking about. And if you think about it, that statement from her would probably fit well in the category of unhelpful things that people say to those who are grieving. And I read lots of articles on that. And so it probably would come across as sort of tone deaf, sort of lacking sensitivity and awareness of where I was at that time. But to be honest, I didn't feel angry at her or upset. It didn't hurt me at all that she said that. In fact, at the very least, I appreciated that she listened to my story and that she processed it and was doing her best to try to find some wisdom within her that she thought might be helpful to me. Now, the advice she gave to me at that time wasn't particularly helpful, but it also wasn't harmful. It, it didn't cause me more pain. It actually registered and I think planted a seed in my mind, but I just let it roll off of me, really. I wanted to take a tiny little tangent here to talk about that a little bit because I often read stories of people who, who talk about don't say these things to someone who's grieving. Don't do this. Don't behave this way. Don't talk this way because you'll hurt the person who's grieving. But to be honest, for me at that point in time, nothing could make my grief worse than it was. No other person outside of me could do or say anything that would make my grief worse. And also, I don't think there was necessarily anything that another person could do that would make my pain better either. So this woman, simply by being there, listening to my story, and then trying her best to offer me something, she gave me the feeling of not being alone. Her words might not have landed with me and resonated with me, but she made an effort and there was something of value in the fact that she at least heard my story. And that was helpful to me in the sense of just not feeling so alone and feeling like someone was seeing me and doing her best to try to understand what I was experiencing. So my reaction actually to someone making 
an unhelpful statement was that it didn't hurt me at all. And in fact, I appreciated that she took the time to try to think of something to say. I know that is not the prevailing wisdom in the grief world right now. And so I know there are lots of people who would condemn the woman who said that to me, but not me. I felt no negativity whatsoever toward her. But here's what did happen. Her words, maybe you need to let go, actually stayed in my mind. She really did plant a seed with me. And I can tell you that many years later, it took quite a long time for me to get to the point where her advice actually started to make sense to me. And there was a day when I woke up and I realized, you know what, I've been holding on now for such a long time to self-blame and guilt and anger at my dad. And I think it's time to begin to let them go. And that's when suddenly her advice and her words rang true for me. And I knew now I'm ready. So really, her advice wasn't totally wrong. The timing was just bad. She was giving it to me when it didn't resonate with me because it wasn't what I, what I was needing at that moment. But many years later, and because her voice and those words stayed in my head throughout all those years, it came back to me. And at that point, I really was ready to begin to focus on letting go. So it's very clear to me in this balance between holding on and letting go, there is a matter of timing and that that's probably true of the possessions I'm going through as well. There might be things I still need to hold on to for a while that I'm not ready quite yet to let go of, even though a year from now, it might be the right time to let go. So I realize I can't be too strict with myself and too severe about letting go of anything and everything that I may not need right now. But I need to be somewhat gentle in this process of saying, it's okay to keep this longer. It's okay to hold on to it because maybe I'm still getting some energy from it, or maybe there's still something for me to learn from this possession. So I have awakened a little bit in the process of just putting things together for this podcast episode to the idea that for me, this doesn't need to be a perfectionistic, stern, harsh exercise. It needs to be flowing and gentle and whatever feels right to me in the moment. So that's how I'm working on my Swedish death cleaning right now. And I wanted to mention that for much of my spiritual life as an adult, I've really been practicing letting go because surrendering is one of the lessons that I've worked on. And that means letting go of past issues, past resentments and anger, letting go of expectations for the future that kind of lock me in to a certain pathway that may not be the right thing for me, letting go of who I think I am or think I should be letting go of behaving the way other people or society expect me to behave. There's so many ways I've worked on letting go. And I think one reason for that is that 
the ego is the master of holding on. The ego, because it operates through greed and fear, is most likely to want to hold on to all sorts of things, hold on to control and power, but also hold on to memories, hold on to wounds, hold on to being a victim, and hold on to blaming other people and pointing the finger out there at life and circumstances of life that have created what I'm dealing with right now. And I have recognized for a long time that that's one of the ways the ego operates. So I've been working on how do I confront my ego and teach my ego to go along with me spiritually and letting go of the things my ego really wants to try to control. So that's been a huge practice for me. But I still find myself asking, aren't there times when holding on is the right thing to be letting go but also certain things we need to hold on to or times when holding on is what matters the most and one example that comes to my mind quite obviously is my marriage I've been married for over 36 years now and you know, to stay with one person for that many years, it's not an easy ride. There have been plenty of difficult situations we've been in, plenty of dark days, lots of times when we didn't see eye to eye, when we just could not get along with each other, we couldn't find a common ground. And those were painful times that we went through. And in fact, according to contemporary wisdom and social media, there were probably days when if I, if I listened to the memes I see on social media, I should have walked away and said, I'm done. I don't want this in my life anymore. Uh, this relationship brings me pain. I don't need that. Get out of here. Get out of my life. I'm going to find more positivity in my life. I don't need a relationship that creates pain for me. But what I understood through all of those dark times is that there's something deeper than this superficial argument that we're having. There is a deeper bond and a deeper connection between us that has so much value to me that I must hold on to it. I cannot carelessly or casually push it away or break it or let it go. This bond is what has helped me grow throughout my entire life for 36 years, I would say, of my life. And so I know that long, long-term relationships may not be the fashion these days. It may not be what couples do because I see people all around me getting divorced when they go through hard times. And I don't really know, their hard times might be far more difficult than the things my husband and I have gone through. But I know that for me, ultimately holding on to that relationship has been the right thing because I have grown through all of those painful days and all of those times together the processing that we've done, the back and forth, the sharing, the pushing and pulling emotionally um, has helped each one of us grow in ways that I cannot imagine growing if I were in 
a brand new relationship with someone else. It takes these years and years of knowing each other so well and going so deep together to create that kind of growth in my mind. So for me, holding on to my relationship has absolutely been the right thing. And now when a difficult day comes along, I have so much history to look back upon and so many memories of, oh yeah, this feels bad right now. But by tomorrow, or maybe even later tonight, we will both be seeing our way through this. And we will be able to see more clearly. And we're going to come out on the other side, because that's what has happened every time. So I know that part of part of the reason our marriage has lasted is that both of us are committed to holding on because of this deep soul connection that we feel. But we're also committed to do our own inner work. Each one of us is willing to look at our shadow, willing to be honest and be vulnerable about I have this wound. And I think when I said that to you, I was talking from my wound. I wasn't talking from my loving, compassionate heart. I was talking from my pain and from my wound. And so we've been able to look at ourselves, go deep within ourselves, bring lots of our shadow issues to the surface and work on them together. And it's been powerful and amazing. And so for me, uh, holding on is absolutely the right thing to do. And I, I am so grateful that whatever happened earlier in our marital years that I had the wisdom and both of us had the wisdom to know we just need to hold on. We just need to hold on and get through this challenging time. And then we're going to find a way to grow together. So I realize me saying that may not appeal to everyone. And there might be people saying, I don't agree with that, that that's not what I would want. And I get that. I get that totally. Like I said, I, I imagine it's not a popular choice <laughs> to be in a very long term marriage and go through all the ups and downs with one other person. And so I don't judge anyone who doesn't make that choice who decides I'd rather leave this than carry on and try to work through all these issues between us. I understand that. I understand people who would choose to let go. But for me, I'm just saying in that instance, holding on has been the right thing. And within the holding on to the marriage, there has also been a ton of letting go of letting go of expectations and judgments, and even letting go of old images of who we thought the other person was, being willing to let that go to allow the other person to grow into their better selves. So holding on and letting go have both served our relationship really well. So it's helping me understand that it isn't that letting go is better than holding on because I believe we need to have both of them and we need to know when to hold on and when to let go. And there are things that we hold on to even while we're also letting go. So just like holding on to the marriage, but letting go of lots of other things in my head that I keep trying to create or to control within the marriage. So holding on while letting go. And I think it's essential that we learn how to do both. 
And also maybe that we transcend the idea that there is a dichotomy here, that there is a duality between holding on and letting go. They're the opposite. We have to go do one or the other, but actually that we bring them together and see that the best way to hold on to the things that we really value that matter the most to us is to be able to let go of other things. And the best way to be able to let go of the things that are doing harm to us is to know what is essential to hold on to. So the more we can embrace doing both holding on and letting go at the same time, then the more I think we're on the right path. We're on this healing path of moving forward, though, in fits and starts and ups and downs and back and forth and lots of pain and struggles. (laughs) I think that it's essential to remember in every moment, what am I holding on to? And what is the best thing for me to hold on to? And what do I need to let go of? So in terms of holding on, what we hold on to, I think it requires some work for us to understand what are our core values? What matters the most to us in life? What do we see as kind of our mission statement or our vision for who we are and what we're here for in this life. For me, it would be love. Love is one of my core values that I will always hold on to love. And that's part again of my marriage and part of this soul bond that my husband and I have with each other. And maybe regarding love as my value, I need to learn how to hold on to everything that is love and let go of whatever is not love and doesn't represent love because sometimes I think they're woven and tangled together. So we have to do some work sorting through it and figuring out what of my expectations and my desires and my thoughts are are not coming from love. And can I can I let go of them or can I learn from them? Can I help them evolve into higher thoughts and higher emotions so that they can turn into deeper love or they can feed my love? So that's just one example of a deep value for me in my life and working on holding on and letting go at the same time. Then finally, the the last thing I wanted to talk about, and this has been um, going through my mind lately, and so I think it's another holding on, letting go type issue, but finding the balance between how, when do I say I love myself unconditionally, I love myself just as I am, and when do I say there's some things I need to work on and change because for me, those two things seem to be a little bit at odds with each other. Being able to just embrace myself fully and say, hey, I am who I am. This is, this is me. This is what I came here with. And loving that, truly loving who I am, not being disappointed and not constantly picking out things that I dislike about myself. 
But when is it the right time to say, but on the other hand, there are ways I still need to grow and there are some shadow issues I hold on to and there are times when I'm not very proud of the way I behave or the things that I say to people. So I have lots and lots of room for improvement and In my mind, I battle with those things a little bit. If I begin to evaluate and analyze myself and look within and start making note of the things that should change about me, is that process compatible with loving myself just as I am? So I go back and forth about that a little bit. And some days I'm more judgmental about myself and working on growing and changing things. Other days I'm trying more to be in the self-embrace of love and, hey, I'm great just as I am. I'm enough. I'm good. I'm good enough. I have everything I need. But I realize it's a, it's a holding on, letting go kind of situation and that I actually need both. I need to be able to hold on to the sense of at my core who I truly am to my soul I am I am amazing and I'm wonderful and I love myself and then to also recognize but this vessel that carries my soul and who I am is wounded in some ways and it's okay out of love for who I really am to want to heal those wounds it's okay to recognize them it's okay to look at them and begin to let go of some of the unhelpful and hurtful things that I have held on to within my shadow. So I see this work, this self-work on growth and growing in the ability to love, to represent both of those things, both of having the unconditional love, but also having the courage to say, here's some ways, let's, let's release more of the love, let's work on these obstacles to being who I truly am and to, to showing more love in my day-to-day life. So uh, I hope that makes sense. Again, I think it's a matter of balancing, holding on, and letting go. So, so here we are. I'm doing Swedish death cleaning and learning a lot about how I hold on to things and how I let go of things. And in the physical, material realm, day to day, I'm working on that. I think that does translate to the deeper inner spiritual work I'm doing at the same time. So what an interesting process it is. And I hope that you'll consider it because it's been a great way to start the new year to do this decluttering and to go through the house and have this exercise. When do I hold on? When do I let go? Uh, Next week, I'm planning to talk about another one of the questions. I've been working on some of the most common questions about life that people ask on Google. I got a list of those, which is really interesting to me. And so the question for next week is, how do I forgive? And that involves a lot of letting go as well. So this topic will come up a bit again. And that's one reason I wanted to discuss it before we move into forgiveness. So that we have this foundation of discussing holding on and letting go first. And then next week, we'll dive into the really challenging topic of forgiveness Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I hope that you're enjoying these 
discussions I have with you where I'm really just sharing all of the madness that's in my head and in my life with you. But uh, talking about the spiritual path and how we grow and how we learn and how sometimes we fall apart. So if you're interested, I have two books that you might be be wanting to read. One is Seven Lessons for Living from the Dying, and the other one is The Journey from Ego to Soul, which talks about the same seven lessons and how we gradually change our egos and work with our egos and train the ego throughout our lives to become allies to our higher selves, our souls. So those are my books. And remember also End of Life University podcast at eolupodcast.com. So until next week, remember that we're here for love. That is the one thing we could all focus on above everything else and it would make the world a better place so be ready for whatever comes your way and love each and every moment of your precious life bye-bye